Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show. We are talking, of course, about the State of the Union, President Biden's speech, which so far hasn't had a lot of big moments. Uh, but now he is talking about Vladimir Putin, again, blaming energy on that, everything but his own policies. But take a listen. Here he is as he is speaking live before the House and also the Senate. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? We stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny. Will we stand for the defense of democracy? For such defense matters to us because it keeps peace and prevents open season on would-be aggressors and threatens our prosperity. One year later, we know the answer. Yes, we would, and we did. We did. And together, we did what America always does at our best. We led. We united NATO. We built a global coalition. We stood against Putin's aggression. We stood with the Ukrainian people tonight. We're once again joined by Ukrainian's ambassador to the United States. She represents not just her nation, but the courage of her people. Ambassador, our ambassador is here. United, we're in uniting our support of your country. Will you stand so we can all take a look at you? Thank you. Because we're going to stand with you as long as it takes. Our nation is working for more freedom, more dignity, more, more peace not just in Europe, but everywhere. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. We made clear, and I made clear in my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict. But I will make no apologies that we're investing in, to make America stronger. Investing in American innovation and industries will define the future that China intends to be dominated. Investing in our alliances and working with our allies to protect advanced technologies so they will not be used against us. Modernizing our military to safeguard stability and deter aggression. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Look, let's be clear. 
Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader. And you are listening to President Biden's State of the Union address. I can't believe he said it. I thought he would, and he did. Uh, just basically saying, as we made clear last week, referencing the U.S. shootdown of that spy balloon, which went across the country for eight days, he said, we will act to protect our homeland, and we did. Uh, like he is like some tough guy who actually ended up waiting eight days to shoot down the balloon, didn't know how to shoot it down beforehand, and basically hasn't said anything to China about it. I, I mean, that to me was an astounding comment that we just heard from the President of the United States. Also, earlier, he also addressed slightly the border, uh, basically talking about fentanyl, saying that they seized 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in the last few months. He also said that he would like to ban assault weapons. He referenced Brandon Say, who was in the audience. And Brandon Say is the man who disarmed the suspect who killed 11 people in Monterey Park, California, uh, in those dance halls, remember, on the Lunar New Year. And that guy was definitely a hero. He knocked down the gunman, grabbed the gun out of his hand, uh, went into a wrestling fight with him and was able to get the guns. But President Biden highlighting him as a guest of the first lady tonight, but using that moment to say, I want to ban assault weapons. He also referenced other people who were in the room, and that was the family members of Tyree Nichols. Of course, Tyree Nichols. Uh, died during uh, a violent altercation, clearly, with police officers in Memphis. And he talked about race relations at that moment. He also, as you just heard, talked about Ukraine um, and highlighted the Ukrainian ambassador. It seemed like he was having trouble pronouncing her name, so he kind of kept kind of spooling over it and fumbling and bumbling and then uh, just said, well, the ambassador's here, and could the ambassador stand up? Well, he's had some bizarre moments. I want to show this, how he sort of started the State of the Union address, because it was a painful beginning. This is when he actually started with Jill Biden, and he told this bizarre joke. I don't know if I've ever heard someone, a president, in a State of a Union address where you were supposed to be stately, uh, start by this weird, bizarre joke that fell flat on Republicans and Democrats in the chamber. Take a listen. By the way, Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the, the game tomorrow, uh, next week. I have to stay home. <laughs> Got to work something out here. Yeah, uh, 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 and everybody was like, are you kidding me? This is how we basically spent the first minute of the State of the Union address at a time where Americans are concerned about prices, they're concerned about our security. And again, him trying to sound like a tough guy, saying, I made it clear last week, We'll act to protect our country. And I did. Does there, is there anybody out there who actually thinks Joe Biden waiting eight days to finally get a balloon that was clearly a spy balloon by everybody's account that it took eight days for him to get it down? And it was after they retrieved all the information. And there's word tonight that that Chinese spy balloon actually went over 10 top secret locations in the United States. So, yeah, he got the balloon down after it retrieved all the information. He didn't have the guts to shoot it down and demand that it be shot down when it was over the waters even before it hit the U.S. mainland.
So for anybody who thinks that he's a tough guy and he's our commander in chief out there acting like he is ready to take on any foes to America, uh, boy, uh, I'm not sure what he's smoking tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Lior on line four. Lior, what are your thoughts as you are hearing this tonight? I couldn't believe he had to reference China because everybody's talking about this hot air balloon. Uh, but for him to sit there and make it sound like he is like, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, you know, uh, ready to take down any foes. This that was a sad display of it. I would say he's he's just one big joke that he's sitting over there at the State of Union saying all this trash and everyone's laughing at you. You look like one big contradiction. You already start one minute in stuttering, and he comes and he's one big egoist. And I do everything great. He blames all his problems on everyone else, which means he's the one big problem. Yeah, that's no, that's a I great think. point. He's not doing any self-introspection. And and maybe he's hoping if he says it enough times, um, you know, he had to address, he addressed fentanyl and talked about how deadly fentanyl is. But he didn't say, uh, boy, is our border wide open, thanks to me. And he, yeah, and he went after, and he vilified the gas industry, basically saying, you know, why are they not investing? Just because I basically said I want to kill the gas industry. I don't know why they're not uh, doing more. <laughs> What I'm saying is, as you said, what is he smoking? He's probably smoking some of that fentanyl. That's why he opened the borders for himself. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. Lior, thank you very much. Let's go to Debbie on line one. Debbie, your thoughts about what you're hearing tonight. Are you shaking your head like me and Lior? Oh, Oh, Rita, where do I begin? I don't know whether I feel more embarrassed or frightened right now listening to this. I'm not watching, but I'm listening. And I cannot believe the man is actually running our country. This is the... This is who is running our country right now. He's the liar in chief, as I call him, the liar in chief, because everything he says is false, exaggerated, or an outright lie. And what scares me the most is the fact that people vote on emotion. They vote on personality rather than who's best at doing the job. And that's where we are today. That's the result. Of but let me ask today. you on that question, Debbie. Do you think he's winning over anybody with his personality here? I don't. I don't think he's. You know, it's interesting. Jen Psaki, his White House press secretary, circle back Psaki, uh, said Joe mm-hmm. Biden needs to be himself tonight. He needs to tell a story. He needs to be charming. He needs to let people see the real Joe Biden. I mean, to me, he seems like a fumbly old man tonight and an angry old man. Does is he is he really even appealing to, uh, you know, people liking his, you know, his, uh, you know, chummy old Joe, good old Joe. I don't see right. good old Joe tonight. No, not at all. But the one thing that I'm seeing different tonight is that the Republicans have have found their voice. They're actually pushing back at, at tonight, and they're they're booing him, and they're they're speaking up. And this is what we haven't done as Republicans for years. You know, they they like him or hate him for Donald Trump. We would not be in the position we are right now if we had Donald Trump in office. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan, but the fact is. You pick the person who's going to keep your family safe, who's going to keep your, 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 you know, your inheritance for your children intact. And everybody thought that Donald Trump was, was the worst person alive. But as a result of that, we got Joe Biden, and now here we are, and we're losing everything in two years, two years. It's amazing how quickly things can change in this country in two years. So I hope that that the Republicans in Washington and the Republicans and the independents and the Democrats in this country 
wake up and realize this is not about the nice guy who gives a great speech and tells great stories. It's about the person who's going to keep you the safest and the person who is going to keep you intact for your future. And that's the problem that we face right now. Yeah, 1,000, by the way. And and listen, it's also a sign that you have to get to the voting booth, even if you feel apathetic uh, about certain issues or certain people or mixed feelings. Uh, you have to get out and vote uh, because it is pivotal. And you can even see it right now. We're seeing a president who is trying to you know, pretend like he is like the commander in chief who's taken charge of China. And he doesn't even have the guts to tell President Xi, hey, uh, can we get inspectors into Wuhan lab? Can we find out? He hasn't even asked him about it, which is stunning. He spent three hours on the phone with the guy a couple of weeks ago and didn't even ask him about it. And then here he thinks like he's a tough guy by bringing down a spy balloon after it traversed the country. So there are so many huge, huge issues. And so far, uh, the president is not getting, uh, I think, even a lot of applause, even by his own party in the room, because they're just kind of going, uh, uh, this guy is just fumbly bumbly. And I think many of the Democrats even in the room tonight are wishing somebody else was at the podium. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, as we are covering the State of the Union. And then afterwards, Sarah Huckabee Sanders gives the GOP response. And then we will also have none other than Bill O'Reilly's going to join us in about 20 minutes or so for his take. And also Congressman Nick Lolota to also give us his take on what has been a real fumbly and bizarre State of the Union. We'll continue when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to our continuing live coverage of the State of the Union address, President Biden just wrapping it up just a few moments ago. And a lot of head scratching during much of it with some bizarre jokes that fell flat. A number of comments where he got a lot of booze from Republicans and some weird exchanges where he was sort of talking to the Republicans saying, oh, I guess you don't want to gut Social Security and Medicare. Oh, OK. Uh, I mean, it was bizarre for somebody who is the president of the United States also making these strange jokes that just sort of fell flat on even the Democrats. And even as he's leaving, you know, it's interesting when presidents leave the chamber, they are like barrage. They are like rock stars. And today it's like. There's just a few people kind of looking to shake Joe Biden's hand, which isn't a good sign for Joe Biden. Uh, there are some rock stars in the audience. We just saw Bono, and that was one of the few moments where there was applause on all sides. Uh, it is Black HIV AIDS Day, by the way, uh, bringing awareness about AIDS and HIV, obviously an issue that Bono has been very, very active in and done so much uh, to educate people and raise funds for. And the rock star Bono got a huge round of applause, probably much bigger than I think Joe Biden got tonight. Um, also in the audience was Paul Pelosi. It was an interesting moment because he referenced Nancy Pelosi and her husband. And then you could see a shot of Paul Pelosi, who, of course, uh, was beaten in that attack, hit by a hammer, remember, by the guy who broke into his home in San Francisco. As I mentioned earlier, Brandon Say, 
Uh, this is the guy who disarmed the suspect who killed 11 people in California at those dance halls on Lunar New Year not too long ago. This is a guy who wrestled with the guy. You could see it in the video. It was really courageous and an incredibly heroic Good Samaritan who was at the right place at the right time. But Joe Biden not only singled him out for his heroism, he used that as an example to say, I will ban assault weapons. So clearly, uh, much of the Second Amendment is also under attack. He also reinforced that he would like to have Roe v. Wade restored the rights of that. Uh, and he also, in the audience, by the way, highlighted Ukraine's ambassador, highlighted uh, Tyree Nichols, Family. He was the guy who died after a violent arrest by Memphis police, the 29-year-old man who recently died, and his family was there. He was highlighting them. So some interesting moments, uh, but not like enormous rousing applause. And then he gave this bizarre line, as I just mentioned, about China, basically saying, we made clear we were going to stand up to China. We were going to act, and we did as if shooting down a spy balloon that was hovering over America for eight days uh, was acting tough and showing China that they really have an adversary with Joe Biden. Of course, no mention about the dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, And when he talked about Russia, he talked about the unification of NATO and that U.S. was leading NATO. He didn't mention the fact that he said, hey, it was a minor incursion. And that's when Putin suddenly felt, hey, maybe I can go in. No problems. He suddenly seemed to have left that out. Joe Biden did. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let us go to Gail on line three. Gail, your thoughts about what you heard tonight. You know what I heard tonight? I didn't even have it on. So I went to empty my dishwasher and I says, let me see if your station has it on. And I was glad the way you were doing it. You know, your your uh, callers were calling in. I couldn't stand, and it's so sad, to watch this entity of the State of the Union uh, with this Jerry Mahoney and uh, Knucklehead Smith show. It's a shame. You know, where we have a country where in a lot of classrooms they, you can't even have the pledge. Our whole world is upside down. And I was really just interested in hearing us. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, response. Um, and, you know, they don't talk about fentanyl enough and what's killing the people in our country, the young people and all people. They don't make a big effort of that. They avoid the border. That's what's killing this nation. It's it's heartbreaking. And I, I was glad to hear you and your callers are very good. Oh, Gail, thank you so much. And by the way, you know, you're right uh, that he doesn't mention the border. He mentions you know, 23,000 pounds of fentanyl, he says, were seized last month. And look, that's great, but there's a lot more than that crossing the border. And he fails to mention it's because his border is so open, and he fails to mention that it's coming from China. I mean, for a guy who's trying to pretend like he's tough on China, he's not pointing the finger at them. He's just talking about technology and him shooting down a hot air balloon after it got tons of intelligence on American secret sites. To me, it was such an insult, Gail, that he was using it as if he's like a tough commander in chief. And he talked about, you know, beefing up the military, which I'm all for. I'm a big believer in protecting our country. But this is a guy who's been pushing woke policies in the military. They seem more concerned about woke policies than, than, you know, beefing up the military and giving them the weapons they need. Your thoughts? You know what my thoughts are? I think, uh, Millie should 
lose his job for dereliction of duty. He wanted to know about uh, white rage. He should find out now about the white balloon. This is terrible what's going on. And you know what else is going on? All people have to do is go on and influence us. Just say like a famous basketball player, LeBron James, and tell people to go to vote. These young people are not being taught history, and they're not being taught the Constitution and, and the grace of and and to grow up in this country and they should kiss the ground that as bad as they think they have it, we have it better than any country in the world. And I believe that when people go to vote uh, nine months early and you could stuff it in a ballot box in the middle of the street, I don't trust it. That's it. That's how I feel, Rita. Well, and my father and my grandfather served this nation, not for anarchy and socialism. Yeah, by the way, a thousand percent. And uh, as many of you guys know, my father was rescued by American troops because this country was the land of the free, the home of the brave. And uh, under Biden, it's a CRT and woke politics, it seems, and a lot of policies that people are just shaking their heads at. We're going to continue, everybody, with our coverage and your calls, 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Michigan, where despite the freezing cold temperatures across the state, a certain patch of ice was not solid enough to stop a man from falling through a pond on Thursday. Bath Township police got a call from a woman around 1.31 p.m. saying that her dad had fallen through the ice on their pond and he was still in the water. The 75-year-old man was driving a Gator utility vehicle across the ice when it broke and he fell through. Well, thank goodness that police said that Sergeant Madigan was in the area and another officer and they both arrived on the scene just a few minutes later. They immediately made their way out and were able to pull the man from the ice using a department rescue rope. Officials with the fire department uh, gave the man first aid, and then they took him to a local hospital. He is expected to make a full recovery, which is really incredible. And the Bath Township Police said, if you or someone you know has plans to go out on any frozen body of water, please make sure that the ice is safe. They, of course, also heralded their courageous officers who were able to save the man who, thank goodness, is okay tonight. Well, we are talking about the State of the Union address, and basically the message from President Joe Biden is, we've made progress, let's finish the job. That was basically the essence of, look how much I have done, and imagine how much more I will do in the next two years. So he was basically trying to make the case, although it didn't seem like there were a lot of highlights, even the crowd. I mean, at certain points, the Democrats stood up at certain points. uh, Everybody stood up when he talked about, like, protecting our veterans and honoring also other individuals like Bono, as I mentioned, who was there because today is Black HIV AIDS Day. The singer Bono, who's done a lot on that topic, uh, was heralded, as were a number of other people who were in the gallery. But still... There were a lot of moments where there were incredible amount of boos and some really awkward sort of fumbly, bumbly moments where he tried to tell a joke. He tried to go off script. He also touted that the economy is doing great. 
And he also brought up the fact that gas prices are doing great. Look how much I have brought them down. Forgetting to mention, look how much he brought them up to begin with. At this moment, we are waiting, of course, for the GOP response to the State of the Union. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who served as press secretary during the Trump administration from 2017 to 2019, uh, she is the first woman and the 47th governor of Arkansas. She was inaugurated just on January 10th. She's the youngest governor in the country right now at age 40. Of course, her dad, Mike Huckabee, was also the governor. And she is going to be giving the GOP response. It'll be interesting to see what she says, because we just saw a very fumbly, bumbly president and no big surprises, kind of trying to take credit, if you will, for shooting down the Chinese balloon uh, and also taking credit for keeping Putin in line, where you could certainly make the case in both cases if he had acted tougher earlier on. We wouldn't have had the problems to begin with. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, everybody, in just about half hour, we are going to have Bill O'Reilly here on the show giving us his take of the State of the Union address. We're also hoping to hear from Nick LaLota, too, congressman from New York, who was part of the New York Red Wave. He is expected to be joining us as well to get their takes on what was really in some moments really bizarre uh, and and just seemed like a, a bit of a uh, rudderless, a bit of uh, if I tell the same story a thousand times, maybe somebody will believe me type State of the Union address. It went over an hour, by the way, his last one, uh, which took place on March 1st, 2022, uh, lasted one hour, one minute. Uh, then when he addressed Congress, it wasn't technically a State of the Union address, President Biden It was an hour, five minutes. This one was definitely longer, uh, but was even more bizarre, if you will. Um, And I don't think he made the case here where Democrats who have even been questioning his ability and his age and many things, I don't think he even turned their minds tonight. If anything, he may have just reinforced some of their suspicions and criticisms about this president. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota on line six. Dom, uh, what are your thoughts of what you've been hearing tonight with me? Oh, you really don't want my thoughts, but I'll give you some thoughts. <laughs> but, you know, Joe Biden's State of the Union became a state of the onion, peeling off layers of division and discord. That's what I saw. No, he became a scolder-in-chief and trasher-in-chief. His favorite phrase seemed to be, look, folks, everybody but me is an idiot, but let's work together and finish the job. You know, a very poignant moment was that the relief on Nancy Pelosi's ice cream-covered face when Speaker McCarthy did not tear up Biden's speech. That was really well done. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Now, what did you make of him with the with the hot air balloon? That part just I actually was laughing, Dom. It was incredible to yeah. hear him like like we will stand up to China. And I took out a balloon. You know, it was like after. First of all, he took out a balloon after eight days. And after there's word that it went over 10 top secret sites. Uh, and he's trying to act like he's like John Wayne uh, in the OK Corral. I mean, that was a joke, Dom. Yeah, actually, but we didn't need any hot air balloons because there was a lot of hot air coming out from his head. And I wish some Republicans had brought some balloons and, you know, let them loose on the floor when he said that. I don't know how that thing works. But 
It's sad to see he beat up on cops and Republicans and everyone that gave him the well-deserved 64% unfavorable rating. But he stood there for an hour. They must have pumped him up in steroids to get him to stand there and not fall asleep. He's going to go home and crash and take off the whole of next week. This has been a very tough week day for him. <laughs> yeah, it sure has. Dom, thank you for your great, great comments, as always. And, in fact, Dom had just referenced uh, how Biden basically took a swipe at law enforcement. He also had present as guests family members of Tyree Nichols. Uh, take a listen to what he said about that. Here is the president just a little bit ago. As many of you personally know, there's no words to describe the heartache or grief of losing a child. But imagine Imagine if you lost that child at the hands of the law. Imagine having to worry whether your son or daughter came home from walking down the street, or playing in the park, or just driving a car. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashley, my children, I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Imagine having to worry like that every single time your kid got in a car. Here's what Tyree's mother shared with me when I spoke to her. When I asked her how she finds the courage to carry on and speak out, the faith of God, she said her son was, quote, a beautiful soul, and something good will come of this. Imagine how much courage and courage that takes. It's up to us, to all of us. We all want the same thing. Neighborhoods free of violence. Law enforcement, law enforcement who earns the community's trust. Just as every cop, when they pin on that badge in the morning, has a right to be able to go home at night, so does everybody else out So law enforcement that's earned communities trust. A nice swipe at law enforcement. And here's more of what he had to say uh, when he was talking about Tyree Nichols' family. Of course, Tyree Nichols, the man who was beaten by law enforcement and died a few days later in Memphis. Take a listen. We know police officers put their lives on the line every single night and day. And we know we ask them in many cases to do too much to be counselors, social workers, psychologists, responding to drug overdoses, mental health crises, and so much more. In one sense, we ask much too much of them. I know most cops and their families are good, decent, honorable people, the vast majority. But they risk. And they risk their lives every time they put that shield on. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. We also need more first responders and professionals to address the growing mental health, substance abuse challenges. More resources to reduce violent crime and gun crime. More community intervention programs, more investment in housing, education, and job training. All this can help prevent violence in the first place.
violence, as he's saying, because of police. And listen, the Tyree Nichols case, of course, was a horrible case. But when he said what happens to Tyree happens too often, basically vilifying all law enforcement for clearly some bad apples. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith, uh, line five. Uh, Judith, what's your reaction uh, to the State of the Union and also, again, vilifying uh, law enforcement and a whole bunch of other groups? Well, first of all, you were doing a fabulous job. I have to tell you, i got to give you a lot of credit because you know what? I was planning on not listening to this guy, and I'll tell you why. But I did hear bits and pieces just the way Gail did. I heard you, and I said, I'm glad to hear you better than him. I can't listen. Rita, I can't take him seriously. To me, I mean, he is a hypocrite to me. He is a compromised president bought off by China. There's no question in my mind. You look at Afghanistan, it was his disaster gift to China. He gave everything intact. Have you ever heard? He left everybody behind. He didn't care. He left $74 billion worth of weapons that are being used against us now. And he did this, you know, he's he's a puppet to China. I can't see it any other way. You know. You know, you're talking about jobs, right? Yeah, it's CRT training jobs. Do you know that? They're into CRT training jobs. You, Eric Adams and all these Democrats, he's a Democrat. All these, I'm sorry, all these Democrats, their agenda is one agenda, and that is really the destruction of this country with their CRT, their DEI, their wokeism. It's total discrimination. I've got news for you. Parents are terrorists. The whole thing is upside down. I can't stand him. I can't. Talk is cheap. You know, you could say whatever you want, but take a look what he did. He's blaming Putin. He's the one that killed the energy from day one. He's the one that took away out energy independence. He's the one that made the gas prices go up high. And when the gas prices did go a little lower, you know why, Rita? Because he took the reserves that President Trump held on to in times of really need and whatever. He took and drained that, okay? By the, by the way, Judith, him. after there were yes. reports that he was selling some of it to China. I mean, there I, you mean go. I mean, to add insult to injury. And, and you know, right. the, the whole part about the energy industry, Judith, really just, first of all, I hated the vilifying of police, uh, so much of the stuff. But for him to actually take on the oil industry and say yet again, how dare they make profits? They should be reinvesting, even though I've said, basically, I'm going to kill uh, the oil and gas industry. I'm not going to kill it tomorrow. In a few years, basically, he even, you know, said, I mean, why would anybody? In it? It's like it's like he's blaming everybody else. Like they're supposed to invest when they know he's he doesn't want he doesn't care about them, that he's cutting off permits. He, he, you know what? He doesn't care about anyone except for his own skin. I mean, he's been, um, I'm sorry, Rita, he's been basically a, a criminal and, and whatever you want for like, I don't know, 35 years or something, uh, just like taking money from everyone and just, uh, this is what he's all about. He's got five houses. He's like multi, he lives like a multimillionaire. Where does he get all this money from? He's not the only one, by the way. Uh, so many of these politicians, like Pelosi and uh, and the and a lot of these other people, they're all they're all in this. They're all the same. They're all the same. But he he unfortunately is our president, and he's he's I'm I'm embarrassed to have him as the president of the United States of America. And anyone listening to him and, and and following him because 
He's just, uh, he's a destructive uh, wrecking ball. I'm sorry. I don't trust him and I can't listen to him and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, Judith, listen, Judith, great, thank you. I'm glad that I was uh, at least uh, talking over a good chunk of him because I think I could only handle him in a few doses. Let's listen, by the way, Judith and everybody. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders right now is starting the GOP response. Here she is. To a timeless American idea that government exists not to rule the people, but to serve the people. Democrats want to rule us with more government control, but that's not who we are. America is the greatest country the world has ever known because we're the freest country the world has ever known with a people who are strong and resilient. Five months ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was a hard time for our family, particularly our kids, Scarlett, Huck, and George. But we kept our faith and persevered. Thanks to exceptional doctors here in Arkansas, a successful surgery, and the grace of God, I am cancer-free. Through it all, I couldn't help but think about my mom. She was 20 years old, and in her first year of marriage, when she was diagnosed with spinal cancer, the doctors told her she might not live, and if she did live, They said she'd never walk again. And if she did walk, she'd definitely never have children. The daughter she was told she'd never have was just sworn in as the new governor of Arkansas and is speaking to you tonight. Adversity and fear of the unknown can paralyze us, but faith propels us to charge boldly ahead. We can't stand still in the face of great challenges. You and I were put on this earth for such a time as this. And you are listening to Sarah Huckabee Sanders give the GOP response. We're going to go back to that first a quick break. And then we're going to also continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the State of the Union and also the GOP response to the State of the Union. Let's listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is giving the rebuttal right now. The Biden administration refuses to secure the border and save American lives. And after years of Democrat attacks on law enforcement and calls to defund the police... Violent criminals roam free while law-abiding families live in fear. Beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, President Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. And the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. 
every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is, your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right, not what's politically correct or convenient. Republicans believe in an America where strong families thrive in safe communities, where jobs are abundant and paychecks are rising, where the freedom our veterans shed their blood to defend is the birthright of every man, woman, and child. These are the principles Republican governors are fighting for, and in Washington, under the leadership of Senate Republicans and Speaker Kevin McCarthy, we will hold the Biden administration accountable. Down the street from where I sit is my alma mater, Little Rock Central High. As a student there, I will never forget watching my dad, Governor Mike Huckabee, and President Bill Clinton hold the doors open to the Little Rock Nine. And you are listening to what I think is probably one of the most powerful responses to a State of the Union that I've ever heard. Uh, for Sarah Huckabee Sanders, as you just heard live with me, giving her response to President Biden, saying, quote, he is unfit to serve as commander in chief. Uh, that is a powerful statement coming from the GOP after a really lackluster State of the Union by Joe Biden, where he talked about vilifying law enforcement, uh, talked about critical race theory, uh, also basically vilified oil and gas and blamed everybody but himself for the economy and gas prices and a whole bunch more. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders giving a big salvo saying he is unfit to serve as commander-in-chief, that he has basically caught up in culture wars, beholden to the radical left. And she says, quote, it's not normal, it's crazy, and the GOP will fight this and also fight to keep violent criminals off the streets. A very different vision of the world that we heard from President Biden and now Sarah Huckabee Sanders, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete, uh, line two. Pete, you know, I'll say that was absolutely powerful and passionate and clear from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who sounded a lot more like a commander in chief uh, than the one who's in office right now. Rita, I think uh, if she ran for president, I'd vote for her, and I think she would be the first woman president unless you decided to run for president, and I would put you right up there. And uh, well, well, Pete, 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 hang on, Pete. The only way I would do it is if you will be my press secretary. We've already discussed this arrangement, right, or you'll be my VP. Yeah, I'd be, be better being the Secret Service guy. Ah, the covert. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, Norm texted me and told me you were on with your commentary, and I tuned in because I wasn't going to even watch this. You know, Saturday Night Live, the writers on Tuesday, they're glued to uh, 
writing down everything that was name. They got a lot of material, at least for three shows, I would say. Yeah, what did you but, think, uh, by the way, Pete, that he actually had the audacity to say, oh, I, I got that hot air balloon down. Sarah Huckabee Sanders aptly said, and I thought it was a very powerful statement, she says he is weak on the ground and weak in the air. Uh, so you know what she was referring to. She was clearly referring to that hot air balloon that this guy can't even decide whether or not to shoot a balloon down, let alone protect our borders and protect our school kids. So she is continuing. We're going to continue our coverage. And also Bill O'Reilly coming up in minutes. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are doing highlights of the State of the Union and also Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who delivered what was a very forceful GOP response, saying that this president is, quote, unfit to serve as commander in chief. I thought it was one of the more powerful GOP responses I have ever heard. And of course, it came after a president who was vilifying law enforcement in his State of the Union address, also vilifying the oil industry, blaming everybody, uh, Putin and everybody else. And then I couldn't believe at one point he said, boy, I really took it to China. Uh, I did it last week when I shot down that uh, balloon, uh, as if that was being a tough guy and basically being John Wayne uh, against China. And then he actually touted border security. And said that they are cracking down on fentanyl. Uh, what a bizarre State of the Union address where a number of his jokes also fell flat and he also got a lot of booze. Well, joining us now here to give us his analysis of all of this is the great Bill O'Reilly, great best-selling author, radio host, TV host, and so much more. Bill, so great to have you here on the show. Thank you for joining us. Sure, Rita. I agree with you that uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders uh, did a very, very good job in putting uh, President Biden into perspective on two fronts, that he's perceived to be weak overseas, and we know that to be true. There's no doubt about that. Um, and that he's a prisoner of the radical left woke mob here in America, which I believe is true. I think most fair-minded people can see over the past two years the insanity of uh, our criminal justice system declining, the woke school stuff, the pitting one skin color against the other. Um, It's there if you are a perceptive person, there's no doubt about it. So she was very, very strong. Biden himself was pretty pretty good tonight as far as delivery was concerned. He didn't um, falter spoke for more than 60 minutes, looked okay, but I didn't learn anything. You know, and in my litmus test in a speech, if I'm going to invest that kind of time, I'd like to learn something, but I learned nothing. It was the standard Democratic Party speech. The corporations are evil. They don't pay their taxes. Um, 
abortion as much as we can get, even though he's a Roman Catholic. Um, gun crime, not street gang crime, never a mention of that. It's all gun crime. Somehow the guns just kind of walk themselves and shoot people. Um, you know, it, it was what you have heard a thousand times. But there was one colossal deception that I want to bring to uh, WABC listeners. So he's there telling you how good the economy is, which is what he does every day. But people know their own circumstance, and the polls show that most Americans think you're getting hosed under the Biden economy by paying more for food and gas and everything else. So he gets up there and says, hey, I cut the deficit by $1.4 trillion, and then Kamala Harris and all the Democrats stand up and applaud. And I'm going to myself, hold it. The first year you were president, the deficit was $2.8 trillion, by far the most ever in this country. It went down to $1.4 trillion the second year because the COVID mandate stopped. You didn't cut anything. You increased spending, government spending. Yet he's up there trying to do this three-card Monty business, to, you know, and most people don't have those stats at hand. And it was such a deception. I'm, I'm sitting there with my mouth open. How are you going to get away with this? But I will submit to you that the corporate media won't even mention him, Rita. You know, one of the other things, too, Bill, he also brought up, um, as you um, are always so perceptive at these things, he talked about the same thing with how many jobs were created. Right, um, and he starts from nothing. Yes, and he, he doesn't mention He starts from the COVID. shutdown of COVID, but he always does that. Every day he does that. Um, but the, the deficit thing, because I had my staff go back and look, he's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's like um, the mayor of Chicago saying, hey, I'm cutting crime because last year we had 10,000 people shot in the streets, and this year we had 9,700 shots. So, hey, I'm the crime fighter. It's insane. And then, um, you know, look, the country's divided. New York City is Democrat. The suburbs out here on Long Island where I am are tending Republican now, trending Republican because the violent crime is so out of control. But Biden is a weak man, and that's where Huckabee Sanders zeroed in. He's weak, and he's weak because he doesn't really understand what's happening. I have said this on my show that leads into your show every night, Common Sense, at 9 o'clock on WABC. He doesn't, he, he doesn't grasp that he attacking the fossil fuel industry on his first day in office, ignited inflation. He doesn't understand that he rescinding Trump's remain in Mexico policy opened that border to 6 million people crossing illegally. He doesn't understand it, literally doesn't understand it. And that is dangerous. You know, it's interesting, Bill. He um, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders tapped into this. She said Biden inherited Probably the most secure border, uh, a country, a world at peace. Um, and yet, 
look at where we are now. Uh, and I couldn't believe at one point he actually sort of tried, I use the analogy, Bill, that he tried to kind of act like John Wayne, uh, that he got down a spy balloon after it crossed across the country and went over all our secret facilities. Like that was acting tough. What was your response to that? Well, look, the I always have a problem with deception. And the Biden administration knew four days before the news story broke that the Chinese balloon had passed into U.S. airspace over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska. And for four days, they tried to keep it secret just as they knew that he had classified documents in his think tank in D.C. and his home in Delaware, and they kept it quiet for two months. That's deceiving the American public. So, look, if Biden wants to think he's a tough guy, which she, fine. All right. Um, I know that that Biden is not feared by most foreign leaders. I know that. Whereas Trump was. He was feared. And the Afghanistan thing just opened the gates for Putin and the other bad guys to push the United States as far as they think they can get away with it. And everybody, we are talking to the great Bill O'Reilly here on the Rita Cosby Show. You know, Bill, let me ask you also just overall, because this president gave his address. And, of course, uh, it comes where even Democrats really don't want him to run a second term. There was an Associated Press poll that shows that 37 percent of Democrats say they want him to seek a second term. Do you think he changed any minds tonight? And do you think he is going to come out and say, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to run uh, second term that this was sort of a soft launch, if you will, for him tonight. Jill Biden wants him to run. That's who the decision maker is in that house. Jill Biden. Now, I don't know why. Maybe she likes the perks. I don't know why. I have said for years that he's not going to run because he can't stand up to the rigors of a campaign. He's not going to be able to fly to the state's and do all of that. He, if you watch him physically, his gait, his walk, you can see it. All right. So I still believe he will not run. But the Democratic Party is in serious trouble because they don't have a replacement for him. They can't go to Harris, whose poll numbers are worse than his. And the only other visible person is Newsom in California, who screwed up his state in an unbelievable way. So there's no one else there. They're desperately trying to convince Michelle Obama to run. So far, she has resisted that. She doesn't want to get into this, even though Michelle and Barack Obama have a tremendous sway over the White House through Susan Rice, who is the domestic policy advisor, but who is really the most powerful person in the White House, Susan Rice. And they're, they're best friends. But they don't have anywhere to go right now, Rita. And there's only about five more months to get somebody on the board. But you're correct in saying that the Democrats don't believe, unless there's a colossal turn of events, that Biden can beat a regular Republican. If Trump gets it, then that's a whole different ballgame because Trump brings in a lot of baggage. Yeah, of course. And listen, Trump, it sounds like he's going to have competition with uh, a number of folks throwing their name in the hat, possibly as early as next week, Nikki Haley and others. 
Um, Bill O'Reilly, you are awesome, my friend. It is so great to get your perspective on such an important night. Of course, you can always hear Bill every night right before me on WABC. Lucky me to have Bill right before me at 9 o'clock on 77 WABC. Bill, thank you so sure, much Rita, for joining us. Can I say us. One, more, one more thing? Absolutely. Okay. Number one, you can catch me uh, leading into uh, Curtis at noon. We do a commentary, and then uh, we do one for uh, Sid in the morning. But the, Biden took a cheap shot at the end of his speech that everybody's overlooked that I think people might want to think about, because this reflects on him as a person, not a politician. He equated the break-in of the Pelosi home in San Francisco, where that maniac went in and tried to hurt the Pelosi's. He equated that with January 6th and Trump. That was an unbelievable cheap shot. Not worthy of the office of the presidency. But Biden did it. Well, because he can't help. He had to get in MAGA Republicans bad somewhere. In yeah, but it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad, bad, I, bad, bad. I agree with you. I agree with you. Bill, thank you for okay, all Rita, your incredible thanks for having listening. me. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you so much. The great Bill O'Reilly, best-selling author, a great radio host and TV host. And, of course, you can hear him constantly on 77 WABC because we love Bill and appreciate his perspective so much. When we come back, everybody, we are going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I agree with Bill. Boy, was it a cheap shot. He can't help but say MAGA bad, Trump bad. And he was trying to find a way to get around it. And that's when he equated the Paul Pelosi break-in with January 6th and Trump. Anything he can try to slide that in there, uh, he will do. And I agree with Bill. It was beneath the office of the presidency. We're going to talk about that when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well... A Thousand Dreams is basically a good way to describe President Biden's State of the Union address, playing the victim, blaming the GOP, even sliding in that jab, as you just heard from Bill O'Reilly, where at the end he basically equated the Paul Pelosi break-in, where that madman broke into the home in San Francisco and attacked Paul Pelosi, the husband of Nancy Pelosi, with a hammer and equated it to January 6th and Trump. Biden just can't help himself. Somehow he's got to put an orange man bad somehow or talk about January 6th. What does he wake up in the morning and say, oh, it's sunny, January 6th. It's rainy today, January 6th. He had to like somehow shove that in there. And then he also had the audacity to make it sound like he was tough on China, saying we acted tough last week uh, by shooting down a spy balloon that was hovering above America that he could have taken down before it even hit the American mainland and spied on at least probably 10 secret facilities across the United States. No wonder Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who gave the GOP response, said he is unfit, she said, to serve as commander in chief. It was one of the most forceful GOP responses I have ever heard. Bill was just saying that he agreed too that it was really forceful and very clear. Here's a little bit where she said Biden overall is weak. Beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, 
President Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. And the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. And let's go to the calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line three. Uh, Norm, uh, Sarah Huckabee saying that and saying he is, quote, unfit to serve as commander in chief. Uh, boy, was that a powerful rebuttal from the Republicans tonight. Go ahead, Norm. Yeah, Rita. Um, yeah, she laid him out as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I I did not. I had not planned on watching this uh, State of the Union, uh, so but at some point I felt like I had to talk about it with you. So I switched off uh, the Beverly Hillbillies and I put on um, not not much, not much more of a level up above the Beverly Hillbillies, and I watched a little bit of him talking, and uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, so just, wait, are you it, saying that Jed Clampett made more sense than, than Jed Joe Clampett Biden? Definitely made more sense. Jed Clampett. <laughs> Jed Clampett was a great deal. Buddy Epson was a great deal sharper than our commander in chief. That's for sure. Yeah, I thought he sounded, Uh, by the way, Norm, I thought he sounded meandering. And I thought at mm -hmm. some points it was odd. Like he tried to tell that joke about Jill Biden at the beginning, which was just really weird. It was the weirdest way to start a State of the Union address. Mm -hmm. And then he he sort of began unpresidentially with that dumb joke. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he came back to the ending where he talked about Paul Pelosi and equated it to January 6th and Trump, mm-hmm. like like uh, these fanatics who storm this. And any like it's like he, he's still digging. Everybody yeah. else, you know, created the problem but him. Right. I think the, the shot he made at the police was uh, I thought that was a real dig. I I, I really didn't appreciate that. Yeah. That by the just... way, yeah. When he said Tyree, what happens to Tyree Nichols happens yeah. way too often as if police officers across this country are going around beating people intentionally over and over right. again. And obviously what happened to him was horrible. Um, but, right. but, you know, that was that that's point oh 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 one percent. And if you listen in Biden's world, it's like every cop is out there to beat somebody. Right. Or the people writing him the speeches. I mean, I don't I don't none of that was coming out of Biden. That was coming out of I mean, he he reads it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's Barack Obama, uh, Susan Rice, the, uh, you know, former Obama administration, all those people. They're preparing all that stuff and then send Joe out and Joe just says whatever they tell him to say. Yeah, good point. I mean, that's my Yeah, good point, Norm. You're right. It's like, although a couple times you could almost see when he kind of went off script, it was like kind of obvious the places where he went off script. Uh, Let's go to Stan, line seven. Stan, your thoughts on this. (laughs) The guy that just called has the mental acuity of Jed Clampett, so I don't listen to what he has to say. Besides, you brought on, what's his name? Uh, O'Reilly, that guy's never been right about anything. Nothing. Uh, so, actually, he's been quite right on a lot of things. And Norm uh, is not Norm really, the caller, too. He, he never liked the president anyway. So what, 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 what is no? That's not, I mean, you're talking to people who can't stand them anyway. So th- this isn't brain science. All right, so, so Stan, you have a love affair with Biden. So let's hear, no, your, let's hear, let's hear no, the love story. I have a love affair with uh, an administration that cares about people rather than people like the Republicans 
who don't care about this country. Well, but, that, that first of all, that's a very harsh thing to say. Because, oh, really? Really? Yeah, uh, that, am I, that, that, am that, I being harsh? That, wait, Should I bring up that number that you don't somebody, want to hear? Wait, that somebody loves people and the other don't even deserve to be on the planet, basically. L- let me just let me keep you focused real quick, Stan. Do you think that Biden is strong on foreign policy, strong on the border, uh, a strong leader? Yes or no? On on what? On, on Talk about different ones or you want to do the home mortgage? Well, go ahead on each one if you want to real quick. Foreign policy, I think he's handled it pretty good at the moment. Very good. Yeah. And I, being a person who knows, I think he's handled it exactly how it needed to be. I see your music's coming. You want me to hold on? Yeah, yeah. look at Stan. You are you are a pro. Actually, if you want to hold on, that it's, would be it's great. Up to you. You, you yeah, call go, yeah, Stan, go ahead. Always I'll good to on. hear from no you, problem. Stan. All right, okay. we're going to go to a break, everybody. Stan knows the music, what it means. Let the music play. Boy, and Stan, somehow, he's drinking Kool-Aid because he thinks Biden's a strong commander-in-chief. What is up with that guy? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, a beautiful story coming from Lighthouse Point, Florida. A South Florida World War II veteran celebrated a major milestone birthday. World War II veteran Edith Van Cherry turned 100 years old on Saturday. Now, Van Cherry was formerly in the Army and served overseas in World War II. She was surprised by representatives of the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Marlins, who presented her with a customized jersey, and the Florida Panthers at Papa's Raw Bar, located in Lighthouse Point, Florida, which is Edith's favorite restaurant. Now, women police officers and also military personnel were also in attendance for this important milestone. Now, to honor Van Cherry's trailblazing life, Broward County and the Military Women's Memorial in Arlington also made a proclamation and called it Edith Van Cherry Day. So bravo to Edith Van Cherry and all of those great World War II veterans. We love the greatest generation here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about President Biden's State of the Union address. It was, I thought, very weak. I thought he seemed very tepid. And I also thought he clearly has rosy-colored glasses on or is drinking something because at certain points he tried to sound like he was tough on China when all he did was finally blow up that balloon after it went across America and spied upon all of our facilities. He also talked about Russia and said, Boy, we've stood strong against Russia. Yes, there has been a good NATO alliance, but this is also the president who said, well, if there's a minor incursion, well, maybe we won't do anything, basically, which many people believe gave the green light to Putin. And also think about the Afghanistan withdrawal, how dismal that we left tens of trillions of dollars 
of worth of equipment that are sitting there in Afghanistan over to the Taliban. And this is supposed to be the guy who is acting tough. Look at also the border. Our border is so wide open. There's so many issues at our border right now, so many problems. And he's making it sound like he is an expert somehow on border security. Is there anybody out there that actually thinks that half of the things he said, especially when it came to national security and international security, uh, were correct? I mean, he seemed very tepid. The only thing he seemed strong about was when he said he went after cops. I mean, that was stunning to me. He vilified police officers saying these incidents that happened to Tyree Nichols, who was beaten by police officers in Memphis. And obviously that was horrible. But he said these incidents happen way too often, like basically pasting all police in a single brush. He also vilified the oil companies saying, you know, how dare they not want to invest and do new drilling and new things in America as if his policies haven't killed the industry and basically threatened its survival. He really just put the blame on everybody else. GOP bad, Biden good, and Biden has nothing to do with any of the problems. Boy, was it a disconnected State of the Union address. And then to cap it off, we saw the Republican rebuttal. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I thought, gave one of the strongest responses I have ever seen in a rebuttal from an opposing party because the opposing party gets to do the response. So she was the responder and she said, President Biden is weak. He is unfit to be our commander in chief. That was a stunning and powerful statement coming from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And she laid out exactly why she felt he is a weak president for this time and that he inherited a secure border. He inherited a secure America. And now it has all gone to pots because of this president and his policies. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, first off, take a listen. This is Joe Biden talking about border security. Take a listen of what he said just a little bit ago in his State of the Union address. We now have a record number of personnel working to secure the border, arresting 8,000 human smugglers, seizing over 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in just the last several months. We've launched a new border plan last month. Unlawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela has come down 97 percent as a consequence of that. But American border problems won't be fixed until Congress acts. If we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. And a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those on temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Here in the people's house, it's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedoms. Right, including the migrants more than Americans. And he also said, yes, we need more officers. We have more on the border. By the way, part of the reason is they're processing so many migrants that are coming through because of Biden's policies. And then he also, on China, after eight days of that balloon hovering above and going over all of our secret facilities, he tried to act like he was John Wayne shooting down the balloon After it traversed across America, got all the intel it needed from China, he could have gotten rid of it. He could have shot it down or dragged it down. 
prior to it even hitting the U.S. mainland, but he didn't do that. And yet he actually tried to make it sound like he was a tough guy on China, which I don't think anybody believes. Take a listen to what he said on China and referring to him finally getting that balloon down after so many days. Today, we're the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. Look, let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. America's rallying the world to meet those challenges from climate to global health to food insecurity, to terrorism, to territorial aggression. Allies are stepping up, spending more, and doing more. Look, the bridges we're forming between partners in the Pacific and those in the Atlantic, and those who bet against America are learning how wrong they are. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never. And I agree, it's never a good bet to bet against America. Uh, But do you think Joe Biden is Patton? Take a listen. Here is Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her response in one of the most forceful responses I think I have ever heard uh, in a GOP response to a president. Take a listen. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander in chief. He is unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. What a strong statement coming from America's youngest governor in the country, age 40, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. 1-800-848-9222. Let's continue with Stan. Stan, thank you for holding on. Always a pleasure. Yeah, go ahead. Your thoughts, my friend. Well, coming from a public relations hack who became governor doesn't say very much. I didn't buy anything she said. Let's get something straight about China. China has not done anything... uh, to attack us other than send a stupid balloon. China has not done any provocative things in terms of ships. China has not done anything because they don't want to do anything. The United States is not as weak as you think, and this president is not as dumb as you think, because everyone has underestimated Joe Biden for years, and he always comes around and surprises people. So the Wait, Chinese Stan, hang aren't on, going to do on, anything. Stan, Stan. I'm not worried about China at the moment. Well, then you're foolish if you're not worried about China, because the rest of the world is, and including, by the way, the Biden administration, because if they weren't worried, they wouldn't have shot down the balloon at all. And in fact, they came out right away, Stan, and said it's a spy balloon. Usually they're kind of like, we don't know what it is. They actually said it's a spy balloon hovering above our secret locations. And at some point, maybe we'll take it down. We don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, That's they even what he said. No, the like, military said that. Yeah, you he know what? Stan, blow Stan. it up. The military. You seem Stan, to Stan, hang on. Thing. You're Stan. forgetting the facts. He said it on Wednesday. The balloon was already midway through the country on Wednesday. The guy was six days late and a dollar short. He could have actually... 
hit the balloon. If you're going to get a balloon, I suggest you do it before it spies on our country. He waits till it goes midway through the country and then says, oh, let me ask the military. And the military, courtesy of Mark Milley, who has woke part two, was like, well, at this point, it's a little too late, Mr. President's hovering over urban territory. So let's let it spy the rest of the way. And then after the Chinese get everything, we'll take it down. That's a real sign of strength, Stan. Go ahead. Let, let, let's get something straight. You're attacking uh, General Milley, okay? He has a four-star general. I know Milley. By the way, well, you know, you know hey, you're, Stan, you're Stan, doing this Stan, woke Stan, garbage Stan, hang that on, doesn't uh, exist. Uh, oh, you Can I answer are, you now? You, you are talk. Are you kidding me? Woke garbage doesn't yeah, exist? Yeah, woke There's no such thing. Woke garbage. Oh, you know what? my. Uh, Stan. doesn't exist. Stan, it's only in you, you're on the right side. You are living in a fairy tale world. This president is so absorbed by the woke. Look at what he's doing with schools. Look at what he's doing with the military. And that's why Mark Milley, who is chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, has become so political. Look what he was doing. He was basically trying to sabotage Trump last time with China. Remember, oh, China, I'll tip you off if he does anything. That sounds like a real loyal guy to the United States and the president of the United States. Uh, so this guy has shown his colors, and he has absolutely gone woke and it didn't help Biden, but you need a strong commander in chief. Even the military didn't respect him because at that point they're like, oh, sorry, too late, Mr. President. Uh, that's a that's a formula for disaster, Stan. But I love you anyway. I totally disagree. But I love you anyway. I know you wouldn't let me talk. No, all okay. right. Go ahead, Stan. I always let you talk. I let you talk uh, more than anybody. Go about, ahead. You know, you brought about the uh, we talked about this last I think yesterday. Uh, Trump wasn't even told that three balloons went over over a period of time. They didn't trust him. Maybe that's the reason why that Actually, happened. actually, they didn't find out. We're going to correct Stan yet again because they didn't find out about it until well after the fact. It's been notedly reported, and it only tipped in to the country in Hawaii and somewhere else for a very brief time, and it wasn't even reported. Even the military didn't recognize it at that point. So it was so inconsequential and literally they were finding out about it this week so you know so you can't blame trump for everything as much as you'd like to stan 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 let's go to larry on line one i need a break after stan go ahead larry first of all uh rita you're wasting a lot of time talking to somebody with a perceptual disorder okay that's what stan is he has some kind of a disorder either a learning disorder or a perceptual disorder having said that on the subject at hand yes biden is indeed weak but that is not why he's unfit the reason he's unfit and i feel like you know i feel like this is the elephant in the room that for two hours you didn't even address this guy in his speech tried to introduce the Ukrainian ambassador. He tried to give her a grand introduction. I believe it's a woman. And he didn't remember her name. But you know what? He went over it like, like, hey, that's par for the course. Like, you know, I can't remember names. By the way, by the way, by the way, Larry, I saw that moment. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, There was a lot in there to take in, which is why obviously we had an action packed uh, last few hours. But that was a stunning moment. I, I agree with you because he looked at her. And her name is Oksana Markoyova. Um, yeah, yeah. Mar- Marka, yeah, Markarova. I was close, actually. O- Oksana Markarova. I even knew that name. And he, yeah. he looked at her and he was like, uh, the ambassador, uh, and he was about to say the name, realized he couldn't remember it. And then he said, uh, you know the ambassador. There she is. It was a it stunning was a- moment. 
It was more than a study moment, Rita. It was the central moment, okay? He didn't try to say the name because he knew in advance from his past that he would hack up the name, okay? So better not to say it. And everybody, see, the point of the matter is, it's, he's not unfit because he's weak. All of, everything he says are talking points to compensate all around the point that he's senile. Because if he says enough talking points to satisfy this group and satisfy that group and satisfy this group, then he's not in any – see, he can't take a very strong partisan stance and risk alienating anybody. Because then when they confront him, he can't defend himself. The man cannot think. So everything he says is talking points because he's senile. That's what should be the central focus. That's the elephant in the room, his senility. We should say we should. That's all we should be talking about is and, and playing that moment with the ambassador. That's the only thing that captivated my attention. Nothing else was worth listening to. Well, we you, have well, a you know what? Uh, by the way, Larry, and you had. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a moment where I was watching it. I guess we're so used to him having these senile moments. To me, it was par for the course. The other thing was that bad joke about Jill Biden at the very beginning. And then there is that weird exchange where he was talking about how Republicans want to kill Social Security, Medicare. And then they said, no, we don't. What are you talking about? And there's like, oh, you don't. You don't. Like it was this weird back and forth where he like kind of got off script and forgot he was almost at the State of the Union. Like it was like uh, he was talking to like uh, Corn Pop or something at the moment. You know, he was going back and forth like, oh, you don't. Oh, OK. Oh, 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 oh OK. Uh, come on. Uh, that's a fact, Jack. You know, I mean, it was so bizarre. Um, so, no, you are you are so right, Larry, that he clearly forgot this woman's name, who he's touting as this big victory in Ukraine. And, yeah, I'm glad uh, that clearly the world has stood up against Putin. Um, but I could make the case that if Trump was in office and if Biden had been stronger to begin with, Putin might not have invaded. We're going to take your calls, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Larry hit it on the head. He's senile. And that's why he's unfit for office. Or is it because he's weak? What do you think? The Rita Cosby Show. So you believe that Biden sounded feckless weak and Larry also added senile when he forgot the U.N., the Ukrainian ambassador to the U.S., her name, that was a powerful moment. I agree with Larry. It showed that Biden just uh, mentally is lost. Uh, there were other moments where it was just clearly not correct. And take a listen. This was another moment where Biden, during the State of the Union, made this comment about the oil industry. Take a listen to this one. And the Republicans just laughed. They couldn't believe it. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported his profits, record profits? Last year, they made two hundred billion dollars in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed. (laughs) And beyond that, we're going to need it. Yeah, that's why I killed the Keystone Pipeline on day one in office. What a liar. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra. Line one, your thoughts about this. Hey, Rita. Um, to my dismay, I thought that this was his best deliverance so far. He he did 
I think, fool a lot of people. Not me, of course, but he did come across better than he ever did. I didn't appreciate when he said, let's crack down on the tax cheats, because I think he's the biggest cheater of them all. So that made me jerk. My body jerked a lot when he said that. And then I was so refreshed when I heard Sarah Huckabee speak. She kind of counteracted everything that we needed to be reminded of. So that's what I think. And I want to say one more thing. Ronnie Pearl sends her love to you. Ah, tell Bonnie Pearl I send my love. How nice. You put a big smile on my face. One of the really special people out there. Thank you so much, Sandra. And thanks for the call. And you tell Ronnie I send my love. She's terrific. Thank you, Sandra, so, so much. Let's go to Robert, line four. Robert, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. This was terrible. It's not just the lies and the misstatements, which are easily fact-checked, But it's also what he doesn't say. What he's not going to do. Which is a lot, by the way, Robert. I mean, that's the one thing he left open. He's like, the border, we need more people uh, so you can process more migrants to come across the border. Um, And the fact that he actually thinks he was tough on China by hitting a hot air balloon. I mean, this this is really scary. And you're right. He didn't talk about supporting our police. He talked about vilifying police. He didn't talk about supporting the oil industry. He talked about how he's going to cancel them. And he's canceled them on day one. It's not 10 years from now. He's already canceling them. Uh, so you're right. He is completely disillusioned. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts about what you heard tonight. Well, you know, we're talking about is Joe Biden fit for office? And I think first and foremost, he's not fit for office, not because of his mental feebleness, but it's because he's instituting and it and should be the focus, extremely leftist destructive policies that are resulting in mass uh, destruction to America and, and death to America through his passive aggressive, not doing any intervention at the border, uh, resulting in fentanyl, criminal uh, elements coming across. And I think that should be the focus. I know we, we look at he's definitely not fit because of his mental capacity. But, let's be, but we should really focus on he's instituting a destructive leftist policy of the Democratic Party. And that, to me, should be the focus. Yeah. And by the uh, way, uh, the other issue, too, Dave, is obviously um, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, did said this very well, was that he is sort of held hostage, if you will, to the far left of his party. And he doesn't seem to want to bend. And you saw it tonight. Uh, going after the police, going after certain segments, same old message, going out. Everything's January 6th. Uh, no new stories from him. Nothing new tonight uh, that should have been in the State of the Union. Let's go to Roger from Massachusetts. Roger, your thoughts. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, we hear you loud and clear. Uh, go real okay. quick, Roger. It's very, if I took a $7 trillion cash advance on my credit card, I can make all sorts of people happy, too. And how dare if if the Republicans take it away from you, those bad Republicans? Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting point. And that's what he's trying to do, saying, I'm giving you free, free, free. And how dare they? Although Republicans are saying, let's just be reasonable. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.